A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this is one of our deep dive episodes we're gonna dive deep into characters that we want to see return i'm joseph scripture i'm ken napsock fire up those cloning tubes because we've got some oh wait is this not that it's just some different some different oh okay no, we can do in all we want them cloned episode who should be cloned and who shouldn't oh the power <laughs> oh the unlimited power <laughs> The unlimited hubris. Uh, but first, before we get into our unlimited hubris, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, a book that stars two characters that we've seen die on screen. There's always hope for more when it comes to Star Wars. So if you want to check out Master and Apprentice as a great audiobook, you can download it today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. But that is not all. No, as just as death is not the end of the story, we've got more for you. <laughs> Another offer. Uh, this is from our friends at Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They're offering 35% off across their website with a special four center code. To get your discount, enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. Check it out with the code FC35. And now Joseph's going to return to talk about characters we want to return. <laughs> that is right. And I'm going to ask Ken questions, and then he's going to return in just an endless cycle of returning. Uh, but the, this episode is really uh, quoting the spirit of Kylo Ren uh, when he shouted, more, more. There are lots of Star Wars characters that we always want to see more of. We're going to discuss some of our picks, but also just this tradition in Star Wars of characters uh, returning from the dead or growing from a cameo to a much larger character or being plucked from old legend storytelling to new canon. There's lots of different ways that characters can uh, quote unquote return. You know, in the storytelling of Star Wars, no one is ever really gone. So, Ken, I wanted to start our conversation by asking you, what makes you want more from a character? Is it the feeling that the character has unfinished business, unexplored potential? Is it a connection to a specific era or idea uh, for screen adventures? Is it the actor? What makes you uh, scream more? This is, uh, this is a great way to start because my mind goes to two areas. You mentioned, you know, you, you joke about Master and Apprentice, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, but that's perfect for our stories. Um 
I, Kenobi's there for a short amount of time in New Hope, but you kind of just are drawn into his story, into those um, looks from Alec Guinness off into nowhere, remembering whatever his past was. That made sense. And the, the, the Qui-Gon of it all, we got a pretty complete version in Phantom Menace, but again, you want to know how he got there. So there's that side of it with the character. But I, I also go to like, when, when, when you pitch this to me, uh, we're going to go all over the, the kind of Star Wars discussion landscape here on these characters. But I, I always think of those smaller characters. And a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with the actor mm. and an actor that captures my attention is, is at times the most powerful reason. Uh, but it's always in line with the story, but not, not always, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, everyone knows, hey, I love Tally Lynch. That's great. And, and, and Hermione Cor- Corfield's a great performer and a great cockpit actors. I think you, you once <laughs> said, um, you know, uh, so there's something there and that's, and then the last smirk of Tally Lynch, I'd love to know more of the story, but that's a little different than something like Infant's Nest, which we're, we're going to talk about, um, where, where I think the actor is giving me something, uh, that I want to just know more about and know about that character. It all kind of swirls up if you follow me here. And the other, and then the other thing is just cool design. Ara Singh, Sedona Thano. You can't lie, right? Yeah. Ooh, who's, that? who's that? I want that figure. I want more. And you just get a sense that they could tell a cool story. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great uh, uh, idea to have in there of just sometimes it is the utter aesthetic charm and the mystery of wanting to know more. What is the deal with that? exotic weird character for sure I, I think for me i'm i'm pulled in by the idea when i feel like there is more story to be told like any character like absolutely tally lynch or there there's could be more story to be told uh but then there's sometimes characters where you just feel like there's a really interesting side to where they uh came from or some kind of uh we met them halfway through an adventure and they had their own thing going on you know where you feel like ooh, there's a lot of story left to be told that's one of the big ones for me. Um, I think another big one for me is what era are we talking about or kind of what part of the the Star Wars lore, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. for example, like Bad Batch, uh, I liked Bad Batch. The characters, when we met them in, in Clone Wars, they were like fun and interesting. And it's like, I, I might be interested in spending more time with those characters. Uh, but what I was really interested in is like, oh, wow. But storytelling that happens at the exact moment that the Republic becomes the Empire. Uh, and that's paid off really well for me in Bad Batch, where I love the characters and I'm happy to get to know them much better and much deeper. But it's also the fun of being in that era where the story takes place. Um, and then for uh, like characters like the Night Sisters, right? Uh, right? We only have so many examples, particularly on screen, of seeing characters really appro- uh, approach the force in a different way than the Jedi and the Sith and have a different relationship to it. So there, when there's a character who kind of touches on a specific kind of lore, like uh, different ways to look at the force is a lore that I'm really interested in. So I'm really interested in the Night Sisters because they are the, uh, they open the door to that uh, lore. I apologize for rhyming by accident. Uh, <laughs> and then you take something like this Kenobi show, which uh, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked about plenty, so I won't belabor it, but, that is just a perfect storm of uh, lore of uh, the Jedi in exile and, and going more deep on how they handle that. Uh, the era of how, how is the Jedi handling it when the Empire is just reigning? Uh, there's room for a story to be told about that character because he has a, a, some set beliefs that we don't know exactly how he got to those beliefs. And then on top of it, there is just the compelling actor thing, right? Of not only is Ewan McGregor great, but this is the time to do it. <laughs> time right. is real. He is going to age. 
And if this story is going to be told on screen, this is the time to tell it. So Kenobi for me is just a, the television show is a, a example of a perfect storm of lots of different reasons that I want more from a character. As Kenobi would say on Utapa, if you have the Disney plus now is the time. <laughs> it can happen. Exactly. Yeah, like you said something up top that really got me thinking too, of your example of the bad batch is um, <clears throat> when, um, you know, that was announced too. I, I've said before, and I think you're in the same boat of like, oh, okay. But then you start playing out what that might mean. And then, yeah, then the story, the era, the specific time in the Star Wars timeline does drive it a lot too. I, I think I maybe overlooked that myself in, in thinking about this uh, because, we're, you know, at the time of this recording, we're four episodes into the Bad Batch. I'm just thrilled with what I'm getting. And I just didn't think I would be. I, I thought I'd be happy as a Star Wars fan, but I didn't think I'd be like each week going, please, I want to know more. Uh, it's it, so, you know, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Many ways to look at it. Yeah. Like, like for example, like a, you know, a young Mace Windu, like 22 year old Mace Windu. That's really interesting. Cause I like Mace Windu, but also that's an interesting time in the timeline that, you know, we haven't talked about or seen as much, uh, particularly on screen. So things like that. I always think about the era as well as the character. Um, I want, I want to go to some of our introduction to this idea that characters can always come back. Uh, Starting with the very first Star Wars in 1977, you know, we meet this character named Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he dies. It's very sad. Uh, then we fast forward to over 40 years later, and one of the stories we're most excited for is a TV show about Kenobi. Uh, in between, he has come back in many different forms, many different times. How do you feel about this uh, tradition in Star Wars that it, it, it's not like Kenobi was cloned and he came back and he traveled back in time? It's this tradition that it's not linear storytelling. We jump all around the timeline and it means that we can almost always get more stories about someone. And just because they die the first time we meet them doesn't mean <laughs> we're yeah. done hearing about them. How do you just feel about that as a tradition in Star Wars? Because I think it's pretty unique for big pop culture storytelling. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, I've never really had a problem with it. I see, and I think a lot of us see Star Wars as just kind of this big map of a story going forwards and backwards and sideways. And and it's, I, for one, have just, and it, it might be Kenobi. Again, what I said and what you've said are just like Alec Guinness staring off and going, oh, yeah, it's the Clone Wars. You're like, you know, and I know there was that meme of we didn't spend a ton of time worrying about it, but you 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 did play it out in your head. You did think, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You absolutely did and inspired more. So I think that is baked into Star Wars. Um, prequels come along and, and, and there we are. But uh, so that's, I, I look at it as, like I said, the big map of story. We have undiscovered land and pathways. And so I enjoy going back to fill in the blanks. And then you, you bring up the point of like, it's kind of, it's a Star Wars thing in a way. Yeah, that's true. Because I, like, for instance, like the, the upcoming, uh, finally one day going to see the light of day Black Widow movie. And any complaints, wow, the character, you know, passes on. And but that does, to me, that does not mean that you can't explore more of that character. And that you can't build back to the end of that character's run uh, in the MCU. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I, this is not exactly what you're talking about, but at the time of this recording, they just announced uh, Timothy Chalamet in a Wonka prequel. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm someone who's like, yeah, because I, I I I was in Willy Wonka as a play as a kid, so I I watched that movie a lot, studied that <laughs> world a lot, and so I'm like, yeah, I, I've had those thoughts. Like, I don't I don't necessarily origin stories don't necessarily drive me away like I think they do other people, and that might be from Star Wars. Yeah, w were you young Wonka? <clears throat> 
I was Mike TV and I, you know, I do want to see what happened to Mike TV. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, the whole origin story is definitely a thing where some people feel like oh, we don't, we don't need to know where everything came from. That is a deal breaker mm-hmm. for many people. And I understand that I, it depends on how it's, how the story is told for me. I think right. just going back to this tradition is there in Star Wars from the beginning that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of the first major characters we meet, and he dies. And look, we're still telling Qui-Gon stories and hoping for more Qui-Gon stories. And he died in the first film that we met. Uh, Darth Maul, it was one of the biggest things ever, that he was everywhere in the marketing. Everybody wanted to know more about him. It was one of the complaints, uh, compliments slash complaints. Darth Maul was awesome, but then he died. (laughs) And then here we are still, still hoping for uh, more Maul stories uh, to this day. And I, for me, I always just take it as a little bit of a lesson in patience uh, mm-hmm. that a character we like, who we think is underserved, Star Wars is a world where they really might be back, uh, you know, maybe on screen, maybe uh, in animation, maybe in a novel, maybe in, a, in a, an immersive video game, maybe in a technology we have yet to invent. But mm. it's always a good thing to remember that because of the way that Star Wars storytelling works there's always a possibility of spending more time with a character who we, who we might feel is uh, underserved or underutilized in their first appearance. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's part of the, uh, part of the business <laughs> wanted more yeah. business, you know, Star Wars fan. Yeah. And I think just for me, the, the sort of the timeline part of it, and you're right, Blackwood is a great example. MCU has jumped around um, a bit uh, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll can continue doing that. Um, but for Star Wars, the fact that it's always been framed as a little bit of a, a myth, a little bit of a storybook, mm. uh, there's a there's a great romance to that. Like, uh, you like you could almost imagine that we are, uh, you know, uh, discoverers, uh, 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 and we have, uh, you know, found the original trilogy first, and it's clearly yeah. referencing older myths. <laughs> You know, yeah. but then we find those later. And then when we find those, they seem to be alluding towards something that might happen hundreds and hundreds of years from now. So then we go over there and we discover that jumping around the timeline just makes it feel more mythic. Like these are all these ancient legends that interconnect. And I just kind of like that in terms of like uh, mood. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, it's the undiscovered uh, pathways in a way and, and the fog clears and you, you get a new answer and, and you get to explore and um uh, yeah that's uh yeah that's just been I, I really do think baked in since the beginning I, the, the, you know the moment you know yoda go seek yoda well, who the hell's yoda <laughs> yeah and you get more so yeah i love that yeah and then you think oh yoda died in return of the jedi and then and then the prequels and clone wars are like surprise <laughs> well, look, well look at me again i you know I, i've talked before return of the jedi is really really the first one i saw and remembered so oh yoda dies oh i get to see him again oh that's great <laughs> Yeah, and for years and years and years, people will think, uh, Yoda didn't use a lightsaber. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Always yeah. room for discoveries as we jump around the different timelines of the myths. Uh, let's talk about death. Uh, many Star Wars characters have returned uh, from the dead. Uh, Maul, Boba Fett, depending on your point of view, uh, Palpatine. Uh, we've discussed a lot about, about the returning from the dead, uh, but in terms of this discussion of characters that you want to see more of, are you okay with characters uh, returning from the dead? What makes you want more from someone who has died? I think I have to be okay because the <laughs> examples you've given here, I'm really enjoying. And in fact, love all three. Right. I mean, like I, as there's a part of me that wants to fight it, but then I have to remind myself that, you know, number one, star Wars is fantasy myth 
little sci-fi, all those things. It's not real Ken. Um, you know, I, I have the aversion to clones. And, and the Palpatine thing, I, I'm on camera saying, God, I hope he's not any kind of clone. And he pops out and says, I'm here. I I ate my words in the first 10 seconds of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> when, once I realized, oh, we're doing this right from the start, uh, you were sitting behind me. Like, I was like, okay, I'm in it. Yeah, no, I'm I was surprised, but delighted. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's all, again, it's all the execution is, is something you hear on, from pundits on tables a lot, but it's really true. Maul, I rolled my eyes at Maul. You're telling me, and then I see him and he's got eight spider legs or whatever. <laughs> His horns are all long. Horns are, what do you, t- and that's, that's some of my most, that's some of my favorite stuff. I'm not a huge Boba Fett fan. And then here I am, I'm, I'm waiting for Book of Boba Fett. So <laughs> I, you know what, when it comes to Star Wars, I, I, I think I'm okay with it because so far it's the great question of Star Wars wants you to ask why and what does it mean? What does it represent? And you can get a lot of mileage out of that with characters. Yeah, no. And Boba Fett for me was a great example of uh, you, there's there's such tension in the fandom of, uh, I think, certain people who grew up with Boba Fett or even younger and uh, just really were intrigued by that character. And other people who are like, I've never got the Boba Fett magic. What's the obsession? And I was always one of those people who are like, I'm not obsessed with Boba Fett. I'm intrigued that, yeah. you know, there's more to, there's more story. There's more story to be told about how does he feel about being a clone? Uh, how does he feel about being a Mandalorian, a bounty hunter, about what he's been through? And that's all the stuff that I think is intriguing uh, about his return. So for me, that's a real triumph of, well, bring him back because there's more story to be told, um, not just because he's cool. Yeah, though Boba Fett might be the, the, the poster character for cool design, give me more, right? <laughs> Absolutely. He, yeah, he was pretty much nothing but cool design. Yeah. Yeah, and George goes, okay, great, I got an idea. And everyone goes, no! no. Which we will talk about that one, too. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. in the end, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I am totally fine with characters returning from death, in particular uh, characters who have had uh, uh, one of two fates. Uh, one, it, it has, they are involved with the dark side in some way. They are a character yeah. who would want to cling to life and control in maybe in uh, an unnatural way and that's mm-hmm. what we're dealing with with uh, maul and palpatine it, it just it works thematically because they are all about clinging to control and power so it would make sense that they can find ways to cling to life mm-hmm. um as opposed to you know i love the stories of light side users who uh, you know does kenobi or yoda come back like no they evolve right they go on to a new existence right and it, yeah, it, and I like I think that storytelling is great. So that's I'm kind of the fourth side of it, and then on the other side of it, uh, there is that part for me where uh, Star Wars is an adventure thriller. It is uh, pulpy, and it, it those roots show themselves all the time. So to me, pulp deaths don't feel like real deaths, right? Of I said both had died from a certain point of view uh, because he is a man in armor who fell into a large open mouth that lives in the desert, right? This is, <laughs> this is not like, I'm sorry, Bofet had a long fight against this terminal earth disease, but he yeah. passed, you know, he fell into an open mouth in the desert. Like, mm-hmm. and I would put one of the characters that I would love to see come back is like Phasma. 
And when yeah. people go like, come on, she escaped death once from Starkiller Base. There's a whole comic book about it. And then, what? come on, she she was on a ship and she fell and died. And like, that is adventure serial, cliffhanger, pulp 101. Oh, was she on a half-ripped-apart spaceship and uh, fell a long way into flames? That yeah. has no relationship to death in this kind of storytelling for right. me, for my aesthetic and what it means to me, you know? Uh, now that said, I would never want Han Solo to come back. Yeah, because right. that was a little bit. It, it's about the the physical circumstances, mm-hmm. and it's about the uh, a little bit more of this heroic storytelling of I made my choice, and yeah. I and I and and that that's the story of me, and now the story goes on. Yeah, and it's and it's very important to Star Wars. Same with Luke. Uh, Luke returning to you now at the turning of the tide, dawn on the fifth day, whatever. Any Gandalf quote you want to throw in there? If he comes back, would I have been a, up for it and excited? Yeah, but then that takes away from Ray. Takes away from the generational storytelling. It takes takes away from passing on the baton, and it, it doesn't serve a purpose. So yeah, the Han one serves such a great, powerful, emotional purpose don't want to lose that yeah and like while i want more storytelling with mace windu i all i don't think i want him to survive we we've talked about that because there's a you know big uh, thing going around for a while about how mace windu should come back or you know is he going to be the jedi who answers grogu's call uh and there's a part of me that i think likes letting the hero's fate be the hero's fate and it makes Mm -hmm. more sense for me for the bad guys to just not (laughs) not give in yeah 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 uh, so I'm sure somehow more people will return. That is the way of Star Wars. Uh, and we'll talk about some of those uh, as we get down to more specific characters. But uh, continuing our conversation about some of these big picture ideas, another way that, that we can get more of characters often in Star Wars is that they can start really small. Uh, Aura Singh and Quinlan Voss are both one-shot cameos in The Phantom Menace. Quinlan Voss, even more complicated. He was just a guy in the background who looked cool. Uh Bosk just to pull out one of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back because he has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had such a rich life in animated series, uh, Clone Wars animated series, comics, books, movies. You know, those are just a few examples from the mm-hmm. big movies of a cool looking character who is literally a one shot or two shot cameo can end up being a major player in the world of Star Wars. Do you mm-hmm. like that? Do you like knowing that anyone has the potential to eventually become a prominent character? Yeah, I, I I do, and in case of Quinlan Voss, I mean, I'm still I, I that one never ceases to um, uh, amuse me of just the look that he and Qui Gon must have given each other. <laughs> you, what do you what? Um, No, I I do because I t- I'm not at the point where I think it's too much. Could it be? Could, are some things more impactful than others? You know, do did we need Ponda Baba and Doctor Evans in Rogue One? The age old question that uh, they'll be. Pondering on for years, pondering that uh, thought. I'm not. I'm not there yet. So give me that gonk droid movie. Give. I don't care. It, it, it's Star Wars, and it's this wonderful, crazy galaxy that we can go anywhere. So I like that idea, and I like that something can catch a creator's mind, or more importantly, catch a, a next generation kind of creator. Mm. That someone goes, I grew up with loving Aura Singh and I got more, you know, maybe we get more, you know, we get more of her in the Clone Wars, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, that that little side character, that was, that became my favorite. You know, jokes, jokes aside, I love Moff Jer Gerard. All right, great. I'm going to Moff Jer Gerard the college years. That's the Star Wars book I would write. But you know what I mean? Like, Timothy Chalamet cast is young Jer Gerard. 
wow, you just, that's a home run. That's a home run. It's a cool picture. Uh, so, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I love that about Star Wars. That as this goes on and this comes back and we got this great returning of Star Wars. Star Wars returned from the dead at least two times. Um, that's powerful. I mean, that we, that you, it, it makes sense. And it's, who knows who's inspiring uh, who? Yeah, I love what you were saying because I, I was thinking of it from that perspective of you never know when, uh, a story will demand a certain kind of character and there's maybe that uh, Saw Gerrera thing of like, we already have a character like that, you know, like, ooh, we want to do some storytelling in this era. Do we have like, oh, that makes sense that it would be a younger version of the client from Mandalorian or that kind of thing. Ooh. Or uh, I really liked uh, the I, character Micah Gray from Resistance, the uh, the woman who is kind of a, an archaeologist type uh, trying oh. to grab Sith artifacts before the First Order could get them, right? And yeah, she's great. Like, okay, you could see it like, oh, well, we're telling another story and oh, wow, that character would be perfect to slot in. So that's one way I think about this, but I think you're you're really right to uh, approach it from just that generational thrill, right? Of mm. It is amazing to think of somebody, you know, 20 years from now being like, I my first Star Wars thing was Resistance and uh, I'm making... The, this new show set after the sequel trilogy, uh, of course, OP, it's got to be there. He was, <laughs> OP, it is Star Wars to me. Like that stuff can happen the same way, you know, people yeah. like Jackson from the comics, that's Star Wars to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Toward those inspired me. And then, you know, I became a race car driving filmmaker because, yeah, that stuff's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it is just, uh, maybe it's just uh, an exciting tribute to what you were talking about at the top of the show that a big appeal of Star Wars is the aesthetic that it just looks cool and certain characters look cool in a way that invite wonder like to make you go what is their deal you know uh and that is a, a real fun part of Star Wars that somebody could look so cool that eventually they'd <laughs> become a mm. prominent part of the storytelling yeah, I mean, yeah, start with Boba Fett on. Seriously, I mean, yeah, look, look at Ma the Mandalorian. Just Din Djarin himself is is an action figure on the carpet being played with on film. So it's it, it works from there on and, and the deep stuff. And then how, you know, thinking of E.K. Johnston, Padme's not a minor character, but she, here she comes along and she's like, hey, I'm writing these books for the the Padme prequel kids. Like that, that spoke to us on a level that uh, can't be fully comprehended by those who maybe came before. And it's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. Um, speaking of uh, things that fans love, uh, return to our Boba Fett uh, conversation. So George Lucas did a appear to respond to the fans love of Boba Fett. You know, the original trilogy uh, comes out. He's uh, mysterious. People really love him. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, people have conflicted feelings about uh, the way he got swallowed by a mouth in the desert in <laughs> Return of the Jedi. But over the years, just the legend and the love of Boba Fett grows. Lots of storytelling in you know books and comics. And Lucas himself uh, eventually says, oh, wow, people love him. Okay, I'll give him this prominent backstory in Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, and then people have opinions about that. And here we are today still waiting on more Boba Fett storytelling. But all of it's really uh, uh, a response to the fact that fans loved what was essentially a minor character. Do you think that this should be a part of the Star Wars tradition? Should creators be responsive to fans' interest in specific characters? Yes, if they're listening to my specific desires and needs for the <laughs> character, right? Yeah. Bless your uh, honesty. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, yes and no. I mean, you and I, you know, 
look at the the real world of the the film and TV industry now, and you know, hashtag seemingly can can get attention, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I don't always think it's great, um, but um, we're we're the consumers of this, right? We're casting with our dollar vote, as they taught me in economics class way back way back when. Um, I I here's the thing: I don't even know that the creators need to listen because I think by this point they get it because they're fans as well, mm. you know? And if they go, Ooh, that's great. Like, you know, the, the legend is what uh, Lucas kind of looked at what happened to the legends in, in, in Quinlan Voss and said, Oh, that's kind of cool. Throw a reference into revenge of the Sith. Uh, I, you know, a little tip of the cap. And uh, then later on we get more and, and, and uh, him with Boba Fett, Dak clones like, okay, yeah, 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 that sounds cool. You guys love them. You, you guys want them more. All jokes aside, George says, I'm going to go about it this way. And um, that was rebuffed a lot. We, we've known that. You know, we've been we've been around for the great uh, Boba Fett as a kid debates. <laughs> I think that ends up being better for the franchise. Look at you. I think the things that you and I are drawing, uh, you know, from Boba Fett now are based out of so based out of what George gave us, mm-hmm. he's a clone. What's his identity? Or is he not a clone? Is it, who is he? Is, is even Django a, man, a Mandalorian? What is that? And I think Filoni and Favreau are picking up that ball really well, clearly. Um, so that all kind of maybe came out of George going, oh, cool. I hear, I hear you. You like him. Let me explore how I like him. Yeah, I think that last thing you said is is really important to me. And I think what makes it different. So let me explore how I like him. I don't think there's anything wrong with us as fans going, wow, I love this idea, this era, this character. Boy, it would be great uh, to see more. I don't think there's anything wrong with just letting letting uh, creators know we would love to see more of this specific uh, mm-hmm. creation. For me, I think it gets where it gets into uh, difficult territory is uh, when fans de- demand real specifics, right, of – not just uh, we want to see more of uh, of Luke Skywalker, but Luke Skywalker must be doing this exact thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think for me, as someone who is both a creator and a fan, that it's really important that creators always feel personally inspired. Because uh, I think that's when stories become good, when they're truly what makes sense to the creator and what the creator wants to share. And that even though it's a, you know, a... a a shared storytelling like Star Wars, there should also always be something personal in it. Um, kind of all jokes aside, the reason that some Jackson storytelling by Kevin Scott is fun is because there's something about this ridiculous rabbit that speaks to Kevin Scott as a human being. And some of yeah. it might just be kind of light and fun, but you can sense the authenticity and the humanity in that storytelling, you know? And I think to go back to our, our initial discussion here, like, the idea that Lucas would say, I'm not, I'm not going to find a way to have a badass Boba Fett. I mean, I guess that's Django Fett in some way, but like, I'm going to tell a Boba Fett story that I think is intriguing. That fits into the way I think about star Wars and the way I think about parental relationships and the way I think about how people question their identity and the cycle of violence. And like all these ideas are embedded in what he did with bringing back Boba Fett. So it's all coming from Lucas. And I think, that's the important thing to me. I'm happy as a fan is we're going to do in this next half of the episode to say, here are the characters we'd like to see more of, but then creators, you go create. I don't want to 
I don't want it. I'll throw things out that sound cool, but I want, I want to hear the story that other people want to tell me. I don't want people to just, you know, create the story that I'm kind of yelling for. Yeah, totally. It's it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And same, same even with solo. Um, that's to me, that's something that the, the I'd say the Kasdan's, but specifically Lord Kasdan had, had been kicking around or even before the sale we hear. Right. So, that that is like it wasn't just like let's just uh, uh Han is a kid Han is a boy no it's like what what can we learn from him you know was it executed perfectly and the director blah but that's that's uh, different podcast different discussion but I even like that even in that sense there, there was some purpose behind it there was some inspiration from those who were trying to tell the story yeah yeah no I think that conversation came up a lot in the lead up to Solo and the release and the financial stumble at the box office in this discussion of like. Oh yeah, Lucasfilm is just trying to profit off this, blah 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 blah, and like, like that's uh, it's always a part of the reality of these things yeah. are being made for money, and they do need to make money. But yeah, the fact that this started with you know the cast saying we want to write this story, we have ideas, we feel compelled, we have a vision. You know, the fact that it's a uh, the script itself is generational between the Kasdans, You know, right? There's a lot of uh, humanity in it, and I think that humanity shows on the screen and. Yeah, I, I want to be clear because I, I spend a lot of time uh, on Four Center saying, ooh, this would be awesome if this happened or I, it would be great if this idea would is addressed. And uh, like I said, I, I don't want to come off as a, as a hypocrite. I like, you know, brainstorming and sharing and getting excited as fans. I think it's for me when it tips into going away from the creative to being about this exchange. Like, I, yeah. I can pay for shoes. <laughs> And then they have to give me the shoes and they have to work the way the shoes are supposed to. And for me, that's a financial transaction. And yeah. a story is a financial transaction, but good stories are, are, are cannot be held to the financial and they, they shouldn't be. They, they got to be about the soul of the thing. Right. And, and it can't be like, I will pay you two dollars extra if Han Solo does this in the movie. <laughs> you know, it can't to me, it can't become too financial or it loses the soul. Solo 2 Kickstarter. If you donate this much, Han gets to do this. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And and there's a to me, there's just a world of difference between that of the let's build a movie through Kickstarter versus people simply saying, We loved Solo. We'd love to see more of that story. Yeah, which is which is tremendously valuable. And and the, the hashtags, which it's nothing but positive. It's nothing but positive energy for this film and these characters that we all love. So, yeah, if that gets attention, uh, you, I would still expect them to be go, OK, great. They want to see more. Let's go and cook it up. Uh, and then then we'd have the debate on did that meet your hashtag expectations? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, financial. We feel financially secure that this will go well financially if we make more. But uh, what we actually make is going to be determined by what moves the creators is a is a good way. To, to talk about it. Uh, yeah. So that's our, our look at some of the big picture ideas about uh, characters returning and the different ways they return. We're going to dive into exactly what we were talking about just now, characters that we would like to see return and why we would be excited for it. All that in just a moment. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. 
Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we are back to continue our discussion about characters we want to see more of in that galaxy far, far away. We talked big picture stuff in the first half of the podcast. Now we're going to get into specific characters. Uh, Some of the characters that we want to see more of are currently alive in canon. Some are dead. Some are question marks. Uh, But we are interested in lots of these characters returning. Uh, First, we're going to talk about ones that I think the community talks about a lot. And then we'll get to some uh, personal uh, out-of-the-box choices that you or I might have, Ken. So let's start with Enfys Nest. Uh, is she on the very top of your list? And if so, why? 
Ooh, ooh, even is she on the top? Even though, well, hold on, let me think about that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Even though, even though I had the notes in front of me, the way you phrased that, like it just put a lot of pressure on. Is this my number one choice? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to stand by that. Yes, um, and and all the reason for me goes to a very specific moment. It's the wonderful Aaron Kellyman sign, taking off her mask, sign and saying, I need a drink. <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments because it's so human. So this, but what it built up in the Marauders and Cloud Riders and this and the state of the guy. And the fact that she's like, look at this guy who she's been fighting against and blasters are drawn. And just, she's like, man, enough, enough. I need a drink. We need help. Are you on board? Here's what's going on. There's such a story to it. It's such, it's one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. It really is. It's not just the unmasking and, ooh, it's a, it's a, it's a young girl. And none, none of that, none of that bull roar. It is, it is such a human or humanoid, whatever you want to say in Star <laughs> Wars moment that she does such a great job with that I saw that and went, it's more than just this, this cool design. It's one of the best designs in Star Wars. It's more than uh, wanting to see more weasel and who doesn't want to see more weasel. It's just such a powerful, potentially powerful Star Wars story. Her own legacy, the legacy of those in uh, in, in her group who formed the Cloud, Cloud Riders, and and I just love it. And it's all all wrapped up in I need a drink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're touching on so many things that make the character compelling and really great to highlight that moment because, yeah, that that moment of what this the record scratch moment of taking the helmet off right. feel, always feels to me that it is really about. Um, kind of the argument that Beckett's making about the galaxy, right? That mm. everybody's just out for themselves. You can't trust anybody. Oh, Enfys Nest, a well-known marauder, you know, uh, Enfys Nest and her people just take whatever they want. That's the argument, right? Yeah. And then you see this very human face, like, that's not who we are. That's not what we want. That's not why we do any of this. Uh, that contrast between... Uh, uh, almost a modern version of the of the Boba Fett, just like, what is this design? What is this awesome voice? What are these awesome weapons? What is this amazingly aesthetically cool, uh, you know, really pulling from some great just visual inspirations from uh, the real world and the design of the character? There's all that just aesthetic cool. And then suddenly in this very quick way, married with this very compelling uh, picture of a very human person who's living a difficult life because they feel they have to. It's a great point, really tied to the core of what Beckett's saying. I really love that because Beckett's basically not only, you know, here's everyone's out for themselves, but just like he's kind of got that, hey, people do what people do, man. They can't change who they are. Eh. And this person is that. And have to have her just be like, like you said, that ain't it, man. And let me tell you, and you either help or you don't. And and that throws a wrench for for Han. Got to be looking at that and going, well, see, there you go. People surprise you. People can surprise you. So anyways, bigger issue. But, 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 but then again, you and I just, it's inspiring conversations about that moment and those characters, what it means. And that's, that's why it's, Infus probably remains my top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that there is an element there that of the writing that, you know, we talk about Star Wars as tip of the iceberg that it just kind of says intriguing things and you kind of figure there might be more story there and maybe we'll get it someday. Maybe we won't. And that's a part of the fun of you can kind of discuss it and wonder going back to uh, the original series with that original trilogy with that first drop of uh, oh, my father didn't fight in the Clone Wars of the Clone Wars. And I feel like in the writing of Enfys Nest, that line where, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I'm doing what my mother would have done if she had survived to wear the mask. 
that one line is such a just offhand mention of the Clone Wars kind of thing of like, what's that deal about? What is that tradition? Like, uh, you know, from your planet, are you this is Enfys Nest the superhero <laughs> that right. somebody always wears the mask? What exactly does that mean? How does that relate to the Cloud Riders? So you got all that great tip of the iceberg uh, storytelling possibility. Uh, and then I think for me, era wise, this idea that uh, Enfys and the Cloud Riders could represent like this really rough side of the Rebel Alliance is very mm-hmm. compelling. And then, as you mentioned, actors and and having the right moment. Aaron Kellyman is amazing. It was she's great in solo it's great to see more of her in the falcon and winter soldier and i would it, part of my interest in this character is seeing more of the actor mm, absolutely 100 uh moving on to uh, another character from solo because she is high on my list and that is uh kira is kira high on your list and, and if so why is it the uh storyline potential actor era what is it for you I, I'd say a, a little bit of all of that there. She's very high on my list. It said era. And, and look, you know, we're clearly, we like that movie. We like what it, what it introduced us to and the characters that it brought into our, our star Wars lives here. Um, for, for me, Kira is, is high on the list because there's a lot to explore with the character. And I think even more, I would love to see out of the performance from Amelia Clark. I mean, hers was, great i was just watching some key moments with her this morning but her impact the character the performance and what she means grew over time for me and with additional material which is not saying it wasn't on the screen for me but just i have become more and more excited most wanted by ray carson really just uh, really just added to kira as a character and then where where she ends up is so intriguing right that's just such an intriguing setup for anything that comes uh after but I'll say this, as much as I love Amelia Clark, I'm at I'm at the point with this character that a, a good novel would work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, Kira is extremely high on my list. Uh, Enfys Nest and Kira might be uh, uh, on on the same level of uh, of wants. And, you know, this goes to, I think, uh, when, when people are talking about uh, wanting more of these storylines of Solo to be picked up, I think it is partially because of the, the power of these characters. Uh, and for me, Amelia Clark is definitely a part of it. I think she is great. I think she's great in this uh, movie. So I'd love to see it. But same with you. I, it's just the the character, the the character's story continuing is the most important thing to me. My first pick would be that it's on screen in some way with Amelia Clark. Uh, but I think for me, the reason that she's very high is on the list is uh, I, I think she's one of the best parts of Solo that she could have been a femme fatale who actually was in league with the bad guys and broke Han's heart. And I think maybe in, you know, previous eras that would have been the story, but it's just so much more uh, deep and complex and intriguing that that's not entirely her story. I Mm -hmm. feel like in some ways Kira is very, very close in that movie to just straight up having a cliffhanger, right? Yeah. (laughs) You could just smash cut to the end of her mall conversation and, uh, it really would be like, but but what's next time on on Kira show? You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're left with these big questions of: Can she handle Maul? What will happen uh, when she goes to Dathomir? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the real, you know, does she keep climbing uh, the uh, the rank uh, ranks in Crimson Dawn? You know, is the, is she the one who strands Maul on Melkor? Right. Uh, yeah. But to me, there's this even uh, deeper not plot, but uh, concept in theme is Kira believes that everybody serves somebody. Mm -hmm. She thinks the kind of freedom that everybody is striving for 
in the film, uh, from Wookiees to Solo to Beckett just wanting to play the Valachord, she thinks that doesn't happen. She thinks right. everybody eventually serves somebody, and your job is to make your life as comfortable and, and safe and joyful as possible within this horrific reality. So she's really left at this really interesting emotional cliffhanger, too, of does Kira ever free herself from that belief that everybody serves somebody? Does she ever get out of this dark place that we leave her in? Yeah. Yeah. You're, um, what's so intriguing is where it ends that cliffhanger. Cause you mentioned, so you mentioned the mall Malachor thing, right? Which yeah. is a great big how, like, Oh, how does he end up like he, he does? And, and if it's Kira versus mall, what, what's her part in that? But the idea of what you're pitching of, you know, she does go around, you, you got to serve someone, the devil or the Lord. And does she have, a big reckoning with that with herself as she serves Maul and no longer <laughs> wants to serve Maul. And how do you defeat that? And that's almost like a final test for her theory in a way for me. That's, that's the person you don't want to be serving uh, other than maybe Palpatine. Um, I'm intrigued by that's, that's, that's the cliffhanger indeed for me. And yeah. I, uh, no. Yeah. And I, I would be happy to see, and in some ways the next cure story in a way I'd be happy if it's, if it just is her story, uh, but you know, John Kasdan has been on, on record saying there, uh, there's more that was on purpose. There's more to tell of the Han Kira story. So I'd be happy to see Kira's story, just be Kira's story. But there mm -hmm. is also this great, um, potential for the storytelling of does Han ever at any point in his life, find out that she didn't just ditch him, that she was trying to protect him, that she was trying to keep him from Maul. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. And if so, when, right? Because uh, with the way Star Wars storytelling works, uh, poor, you know, uh, broken down Han uh, after Ben Solo falls to the dark side could, <laughs> could run into much older Kira and they could finally have their conversation. That's probably not the story that John Kasdan imagined. But, you know, right, right. within the story of Star Wars as it is right now, it's wide open. He, you know, yeah. he could bump into her on his first mission uh, for Java, right? Uh, yeah. Or it could be years and years from now. I, 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 my little, uh, wandering brain here is just thinking like, how does that hurt Han even more? <laughs> right. And, and that's part of it, fun, of the fun of it too, of how does it, how does it affect Han? Yeah. And, and let me cl clear, how does he let it hurt him? <laughs> I think that I wouldn't say it's necessarily Kira's fault. You know what I mean? Uh, she did, she did good by him actually, but you know what I mean? Like, how does he just like use that to form even a hardened, more hardened callus around his heart? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, we could go on and on about Kira, and we will in future episodes. Uh, but for now, we want to move on to some other characters who could potentially uh, not necessarily come back, but we could just see more of the characters. Ben Solo is obviously high on a lot of people's lists and discussions. Uh, do you want to see more of Ben Solo, and in what part of his life do you want to explore, if so? You know, who wouldn't be intrigued by young Ben and middle-aged Luke just going around the galaxy having adventures. I love a little bit of what we got in some areas, but I'm going to say something that's a, a bit of a truth for me here. Uh, without the chance of seeing more Adam driver behind it, mm. and he's so powerful that even the comics, even the art, it, it feels like Adam driver's there. I'll say that. But for me personally, without Adam driver there, I am very, very content with the, the story of Ben solo and Kylo Ren as, as we have it. Um, Again, do I want to see more? Do I want more answers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do I want to see five-year-old Ben at some point? Yeah, totally. With <laughs> Uncle Chewie. Uh, going Uncle Chewie and, and Ben's big day out. Okay, give me that. Yeah, Wanwo, Uncle Wanwo, right? 
Yeah, Uncle Wendell. But I got to be honest, I so love 7, 8, and 9 and what Adam Driver did with every scene and every frame that I, I find myself rather content. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying and all totally understandable. This is the 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 weird sort of uh, Star Wars poetry I feel like in real life. Um, you know, the, I, I think the prequels are great and I think Anakin's story is clearly and firmly told in the prequel films. And if you just watch the prequel films, you would know the story of Anakin Skywalker. Uh, But then there's also no doubt that the Clone Wars animated series really opened up a a different view of Anakin, an enhanced view of Anakin. Uh, I think for a lot of viewers, the Clone Wars animated series has helped them either appreciate the prequels period or appreciate the prequels in the prequel era even more. And there's a lot of parts of the sequel era that feel kind of locked in of, you know, there's not a lot of room to tell Finn or Rey stories before The Force Awakens, right? I mean, maybe there could be, but with young Ben Solo uh, training to become a Jedi uh, with, you know, Uncle Luke Skywalker and these other Jedi we met in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. I don't know that it's going to happen, but it just seems like there is an entire Clone Wars animated series in his training. Yeah. And as much as I love Adam Driver... You know, uh, who's the new Matt Lanter? (laughs) (laughs) You know, if they announce like, yeah, we're doing we're doing the whatever it is, a three season or even a one shot. Doesn't matter even how long it is. But we're like, yeah, we're going to do something with uh, Luke uh, in Ben Solo training. Yeah. My first choice would be, yeah, if Adam Driver and Mark Hamill want to do it, great. Uh, But then I just kind of feel like the lesson of the Clone Wars is animated series is you know, you never know when you're going to meet the new Matt Lanter. <laughs> Let them explore it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, what I said at the top is like, who, you know, who wouldn't be intrigued by that? I certainly would. So I'm definitely there for it. It, do, it does seem that they so don't touch on it just as a company that I wonder what that ever, I wonder what that really means. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if there is just a desire to not move forward out of any, like we are, you know, there's there's such strong opinions about the sequels from people like sure. us who love them to people who uh, dislike them. And, you know, anything sequel related is, you know, uh, I think if you just put the word sequel uh, without era, trilogy or Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if I just sent out a tweet that said sequel, uh, I would probably get people having strong opinions about those three <laughs> films. Right. It's such. Yes. So in some ways I can see the, the impetus to be like, we told that story. We finished that story. Let's go explore other times, other places. And honestly, going back to the the Clone Wars animated series, I've told my story many times of seeing the Clone Wars uh, film in the theaters and struggling with it. And one of the reasons I struggled with it back in the day, even enjoying the prequels, even though I had qualms and questions, I, I still enjoyed them. And by 2008, you know, I, I watched them all the time on my DVDs and enjoyed them and sat down in that theater in 2008 and like, why are we doing this? We just told this story. And I couldn't see in 2008 in the movie theater, what the Clone Wars was going to become. Right. So I think maybe going through that personal experience makes me feel like, um, you know, back in the day, Lucas was like, no, I got more to say with these characters. I want to play in this era that if there was that creative desire to be like, let's that somebody really wants to play in that era. I think it would be great. But I also understand from this to kind of a, a modern moment of, yeah, let's move forward. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and a little more on that for me, like 
what in thinking of the story of Ben Solo, what I think what would get me even more excited for that kind of idea, and at this point I think you know would have to be animated, is the idea of well a lot of what happens with him or or what happened to him has to do with his parents, so therefore I need more Han and Leia. <laughs> yep, which is a bigger undertaking, but perhaps that I mean. You know, and again, you know, the, the, the struggles in their marriage, their lives, their careers, everything would have to factor in. So that that's intriguing, too. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, there's to me, there just feels like there's so much room that I want to extend the imagination uh, that paid off in the Clone Wars to this era of like when yeah. the Clone Wars came out, everybody was like, how could Anakin possibly have a Padawan? Come on, you know, uh, and I, they're, I'm not saying that <laughs> Ben Solo should have a Padawan, but like, what are his other relationships with everybody at the Jedi Temple is, you know, hinted at in Rise of Kylo Ren. But like, is there an element to his life that would fit in nicely that we don't know about yet? You know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, clearly I am excited by the possibility of Ben Solo, but I'm also in the Star Wars spirit, uh, ready to let it go. <laughs> if that is, uh, is the fate of it. Uh, any more Ben Solo thoughts or should we move on? No, no, I'm sure we'll have some Ben Solo discussions down the line, too, but no. Uh, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, so I wanted to talk about Asajj Ventress, because uh, that is a character that I care about a lot, that I see other people talking about. And I just saw some tweets going around the other day about wanting people wanting more Asajj Ventress stories and pointing out, you know, a lot of people have uh, somehow returned. Maybe Asajj Ventress could somehow mm. return uh, from death. Um how do you feel about that? Do you do you want more Saj Ventress uh, stories? There's there's room to tell more stories about her as uh, uh, an acolyte of Count Dooku or as a bounty hunter. Or are you interested in her returning uh, from the dead? I, I'm definitely interested in more Asajj Ventress. Uh, for me, in specific, is it, yeah, no, specifically to her, no, 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 no return from. From death for me. Sorry, Sasha. Uh, uh, you know, um, but uh, there's so much valuable that value to that character that I still think is um, not completely tapped. Uh, and there is room in the Clone Wars era and some of those uh, dark shadows of the galaxy that she had to live in and operate in. Uh, I could, I'd totally be up for it. You know, you, a good one shot somewhere, a good Asajj uh, movie, an hour animated movie or something. I think you, there could be great value to it and, 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 and probably an inspirational story in a way. You could really dig into some things about that character. Yeah, I think she's a, a, a really unique character. I think that's why I get really excited about more Asajj Ventress storytelling because, uh, you know, I like everything about the character, but she she has these uh, untold uh, themes to be explored. Not, not mm -hmm. untold, but more explored. Of yeah. This idea of somebody who is never fully Sith but aspired to be definitely does have a relationship with the dark side uh all this stuff there's great stuff in you know uh dooku jedi lost with this but even going to you know when she was a bounty hunter this idea of a reformed dark side user somebody who has uh mm -hmm. who, who feels the force controls the force but because of her childhood in her connection to the night sisters uh, has a different understanding of the force maybe there's so many interesting ideas to explore with her as well as her being an awesome character so I'd be happy to see, you know, uh, some bounty hunter tales of uh, Asajj Ventures bounty hunter one shots. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I'd be happy for Dark Disciple to go uh, full circle. <laughs> Started out as a Clone Wars episodes, became a novel, and I'd be happy for it to come back as an animated film. <laughs> I, I I really would too. Dark Disciple is really good. I think I think it, it still gets talked about a lot, but it also potentially could be one of those early new canon novels that gets uh, overlooked or forgotten. So if you haven't uh, taken a, a dive, uh, go through it. Christian Golden did great with that. But yeah, I, I've kind of as you're talking, I'm thinking thinking along with you, Joseph, just like. Go ahead and bump that back to a little animated movie. You know, Filoni make maybe change here and there. But at the very least, you can say those are based off uh, the scripts. So <laughs> get, Katie, get, Katie, get Katie Lucas back in. You know, maybe this could be what brings her out of, uh, you know, a very understandable Star Wars uh, kind of uh, no, no fly zone. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That does probably not going to happen, obviously. But that, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I I still hold out hope that there is that possibility of doing some animated adaptations, but one never knows. Um, I think for me, because because of uh, both the sort of the dark side connection and the the pulpiness, my two uh, categories for <laughs> when I'm okay with uh, characters coming back. I, I believe uh, her body was brought back to Dathomir, and I feel like look. Things happen on Dathomir. <laughs> There's a lot going on on Dathomir. Uh, in so this is uh, this is my wild, wild uh, request <laughs> that I'm saying jokingly because uh, I don't actually want to demand stories. Uh, I think Mando season three, we get a subplot where Marin from uh, uh, uh-huh. from the video game and Quinlan Voss uh, work together to bring Asajj Ventress back from the dead in Mando season three. There you go. There you go. Breaking news. Done and done. <laughs> but I, I, she's one of the most compelling characters as we watch uh, Clone Wars. And yeah, absolutely love Dark Disciple and would absolutely love to see more of the character. Yeah, totally. Somehow Asajj returned. Now, uh, I want to be sure to cover some of those ones that uh, that fans talk about a lot. Uh, but then I just want to march through the various eras of Star Wars, Ken, and see if you have any other picks. So do you have any picks for more storytelling? Could be, you know, characters who are alive and well, could be anywhere on the timeline, could be returned from death, however you want to play it. Who do you want to see more from the prequels Clone Wars era? Yeah, so this ranges from uh, not quite jokey, but uh, a little laughy to uh, ones we've talked about before. Uh, And a lot of them, you almost would have to take little bits of each of these characters and form them into one story, if that makes sense. Yeah. and two, oh gosh, you know what? Two, I'll have to slide down to the Bad Batch era. Anyways, uh, go with it. So, uh, Sebulba, all right, <laughs> is the rise and fall of a pod racing legend. Uh, give me that doc. Uh, you guys all know I love the more pod racing content. Uh, I'm interested in that. Um, you know, Zam Wessel, I, I know she has her fans, right? And, and, and we know how it ends, but how do we get there? I don't, I don't need a Zam necessarily book or series, but having her pop up some other uh, point in time, uh, prior we got you know we got some ways uh what 10 years between uh, one and two right so we got some time to play with uh i'd say that and then um final one for this one here well no final two um i love you know you i love mina montero i love the separatists i love i love the politics of the clone wars a bail organa mon mothma have to they're doing the politics thing a little bit more you know just like spending some more time with them okay and, 
if that makes sense. So it's not again. It's not like these aren't all fully formed stories. You might have to add them all up into uh, you know uh, Clone Wars: The Lost Year. <laughs> um, there and then the final one, um, Satine and uh, Kenobi, which is one that's talked about a lot. Of just given 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 that year on the run. Yeah, no, wow, that is a really good point. Uh, I, I would love to see uh, more of Satine in general, any story, but mm-hmm. that story of uh, of the year on the run with uh, Obi-Wan and Satine falling in love while Qui-Gon is also there <laughs> is rich for exploration. Being attacked by bounty hunters because there's a civil war on Mandalore, like, gee, every word gets more exciting. Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's a big yes from me. Uh, for characters, uh, I already mentioned uh, this character, but it is a character I would really love to see explored pretty high on my list, and that is Quinlan Voss. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued by him because he's such a different Jedi. Uh, you know, his his one uh, main appearance in the Clone Wars animated series, it, there's just so much fun and so much flavor. He's so interesting in the Dark Disciple novel, and I think sometimes in the Clone Wars era, we definitely do see differences between Jedi, but a lot of the Jedi are like, you know, they're a little bit more rigid. They have their emotions locked down. And, and Quinlan Voss is this fascinating figure who is like very much in touch with his emotions and in touch with a sense of fun. And it's always made him really intriguing to me. Right now in canon, uh, we know that uh, there is suspicion that he survived the purge. He's on lists of uh, suspected Jedi in comics who survived the purge. Uh, and since he was such a different Jedi, like what did that, what did the purge do to him? You know, how did he handle it and process it you know where did he end up is a really really fascinating question to me um yeah and, yeah and i and i really do think somewhere down the line it's just too tasty of a proposition and they they drop that uh they drop that crumb on the trail with some of that stuff in the comic books of his name being on that list so that i i i i think that's possible yeah and i'm i'm just gobbling that crumb up uh, i would love mm-hmm. more Quinlan voss the this is the other character from the prequels clone wars era uh which is a little bit of a weird pick uh but it's mine and i'm keeping it it is the zillow beast <laughs> <Yeah>. prequel <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know he's from the prequel era he's from the clone wars era uh the yeah. zillow beast but i just i love that that to uh that episodes uh, of clone wars uh yeah. really playing in the kaiju uh idea and you know in theory he's the last but how does that ever work out in kaiju movies you know get, get right. the zillow beast back to cause some problems well that no that makes it because you know if uh if palpatine's doing some uh, dastardly experiments on him maybe they you know I don't know. Bring him back to life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he cloned a Zillow beast, right? I mean, I yeah. think that that's a cut scene from, uh, from rise of sky skywalk. They're all flying away. Like we won. And then eight Zillow beasts erupt from Exegol. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, one's on Exegol. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're gonna move on to the other, uh, some of the other eras, uh, uh putting, uh, eras together kind of by the, the big screen storytelling we have right now. Ooh. So from this, uh, Imperial reign era, I guess, uh, bad batch solo rogue one rebels. It's a, it's a long period. Uh, but in there, who are you excited about, uh, seeing more from? I'm going to move two down. I had them in the uh, the first one, but I realized they'd work more in like this Bad Batch era, maybe season three of Bad Batch. Yularen and Panaka. Ooh. And, and the transition of Yularen just so easily going, wait, I can do my job and not have those pesky Jedi around, especially that Anakin one. Right, Vader? Let's do this. Uh, I like that. And then, you know, Panaka, and we do get Leia Prince of Alderaan. We do get some more with him, but just this... Um, how that happened? I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know. There's a whole story there, but again, part of something else, and getting him popping up in stories 
uh, novels animated and just kind of how does that dude, we already see some seedlings of uh, what happened in, in the E.K. Johnston books uh, to, to where he ends up as kind of this imperial because his old buddy, uh, Sheev gave him a promotion. You know, like it's, I'm intrigued by it and I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, like we talked about, there's, you know, Enfys Nest and Kira from this uh, this era, but I am really interested in uh, the first awkward meetings between different uh, chunks of potential rebellion, right? From mm. the, we're trying to fix this from the inside, <laughs> uh, kind of a Bale, Mon Mothma, from the Enfys Nest to the Saw Gerrera, kind of seeing some of the beginnings of that for uh, characters and storytelling. Um, the other place that my mind went is, characters that are that we as the fans know from this era and wanting to see them later uh and that is uh Hera and Jason Sindula um right Hera of course beloved in Rebels uh that we see the fact that uh she did indeed have a child uh with Kanan um and then Hera is featured prominently in uh you know later storytelling of partially in the original trilogy partially right after the original trilogy but that's just I want to see like big substantive storytelling that is about Hera and what Jason's deal. I, I, mm-hmm. you know, we don't. It's not like every time a character pops up, you're like, well, I need the answer. Where was Jason at this moment right, <laughs> in Galactic right. Standard Time? But they're compelling and interesting characters, and I would love to see more of them at some point. I really agree with that. Uh, I, I even put down uh, Kanan and Hera, a little prequel. We are, and I know a New Dawn is that. So meeting, but you know, there's enough time between New Dawn and the start of Rebels that I could see them pop up elsewhere too as a team. Oh yeah, no, that would be great. I'd love that. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. how about we go to an era that we have seen a lot of storytelling from these characters, but from the original trilogy era, what characters are you still wanting to see more from? This is so funny. Uh, I left. I just. Blank. Apparently, it didn't in all my notes. I I, I was going to mention tales of young Radis. I forgot that, but but uh, <laughs> Beckett and Val, a lot of those kind of things. Uh, but this era, I uh, yeah, I um, I could make my jokes. Uh, I always want a little bit more of uh, the the rise and and reign of Chief Chirpa and all that kind of stuff. I do enjoy that. Um, I I I really do like the idea of a of a Jabba story. I I don't mm. I don't too far from that. Uh, whether it would be uh, Guillermo del Toro telling uh, the tales of Moss Eisley in a modern uh, crime picture, um, and, you know, and that's been explored in other areas and will continue to be explored in other areas of Star Wars, Dryden Voss, all those other ones. But there's uh, some about Jabba because you got the rebellion, you got the, the battle against the Empire, and then over there you got that short film about Jabba. <laughs> And it still, it still, it still works. It still pulls me in, and it's still its kind of own thing and its own vibe, even though it's so connected to Star Wars. Yeah, and we've got to revisit his uh, palace a decent amount, but it's still, it's compelling to me every time. Oh. This gangster who lives in a uh, constant, kind of fun, kind of sad party. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Job is just like, hey, if you want to work for me, uh, then the office is a party, and nobody ever leaves. Exactly, <laughs> it's compelling. Um, for me in the original trilogy era, uh, we've got to see a little bit more, uh, stories in, uh, in books, uh, but I'd love to see more of Torn Far. Oh yeah. 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 Just, uh, yeah, just uh, one of those cameo characters are like, what is your whole deal? And it's been explored a little bit in the, uh, Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view book, but uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to see, you know, uh, where she ends up, uh, after, uh, the events yeah. of the original trilogy. And then the other big one for me, Ken, is the Imperial Dignitaries. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah, that, that really works for me, yeah. 
their whole deal, like, you know, they were just uh, creepy weirdos who had pretty cool action figures uh, when I was a kid. But now as it's grown and they're like kind of Sith cultists and they're digging into relics and they're the ones that Palpatine's whispering about. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Should we do this? Help me set up this. Help me set up that. And, you know, a few of them we get to know better from like the World Between World episode and uh, characters I, in the I, Aftermath books. But I would love to dig into a story from just their perspective of what do they believe? What do they think about Palpatine? What, you know, what are they all up to on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it, exactly. The diaries of the dignitaries. Um, <laughs> Cause I absolutely, I absolutely think one of them, Janice Grigatis or someone's like, uh, Hey, there's this planet called Exegol. She, have you ever heard of it? You know, and I know in the comics are starting to get into that stuff, you know, but I'm just like, I just, there's some, you could c- use them to connect Palpatine to a lot of big things and just ha- examine the whys and the hows of it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, give me, uh, I love the the Dignitaries Diaries. That'll be yeah. great. Uh, one chapter by Janice, one by Simulu, and just keep going. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, other other thing for me from the original trilogy, trilogy era is not a person, but a place. Uh, I want to see more Cloud City. <laughs> I just oh, love Cloud yeah. City. Uh, uh, I would be fine if Mando visits Bespin. Uh, from the Mandalorian aftermath, kind of immediate uh, post-Return of the Jedi era, what are you interested in seeing there? Yeah, the, a lot of them are, um, it's interesting, it's just like uh, characters that uh, kind of have gotten some some time in the spotlight, but now we want more. The Sinjur uh, Wrath of Ellis, mm. aftermath series, I know he's a... Uh, I think he's very important. He's very inspirational to a lot of folks, and and he's just an, he's just a really, really intriguing guy. And and what happens after? How does he fit in with the New Republic? I, I, with his past as an Imperial, um, you know, an ISB guy and everything, a compliance officer, whatever, whatever he was, I can't remember exactly his title. Uh, I think he's interesting, and 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 love to just I'd love to just hear his name at this point. <laughs> I think he's a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just a, he's a great character, and and has uh, those connections for really interesting. That he's he was a darker character who kind of ended on a note of hope of like, yeah, no, I can I can work by Mon Mothma's side, and I can make good things yeah. happen. And you know, does yeah. he feel like he did? That's great. So a couple others uh, for me is uh, yeah, we 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 ended up getting more, but I I. Cobb Vanth is still intriguing, no matter what version, <laughs> the, the more fleshed out book version or the uh, Timothy Oliphant uh, on screen version. I, they're, there's both, both offer more storytelling to me, um, maybe backward and forwards. Um, I'll even say uh, IG-11 before episode uh, one of Mando season one, you know, yeah. the adventures of him. Uh, you know, I have to mention Carson Teva mm-hmm. uh, with Rangers of the New Republic uh, reborn or elsewhere. There um, and then final two for me, um, uh, Jar Jar aftermath Jar Jar. Oh yeah, yes, yes. You know, not prequel Jar Jar aftermath era Jar Jar. The at- aftermath interlude Jar Jar. There's something there. There's something pretty powerful there. Uh, I'm hoping one day we'll see it. One yeah, day. I I want a Jar Jar story that does end uh, with him in his ship in the Citizens Fleet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, helping to take down Palpatine once and for all. Yeah. Uh, and the fi- final one for me, um, we've talked about her so much and, and we, we love this character and we got a, a little bit of her in uh, the squadrons game, but Ray Sloan is obviously someone that's a, a fan favorite and, and definitely a favorite here at Force Center. And, and I thought as, as the storytelling is kind of expanded and we still don't know a ton about that first months and years in the uh, unknown regions and the first order and the formations and 
And now we got, you know, this angle of Palpatine there in some way or some form and some, you know, Snoke, all those kind of things. I was thinking, man, has it changed to the point where, you know, what do we do with Ray Sloan? I'm thinking, you know, she, she, she is the inspirational villain is what I've always called her. And in the end, she makes a choice to not serve anyone in a way um, and, and, and maybe serve herself. She, she helps the Republic too, but you know what I mean? Like she makes, she, that's, that's uh, Gallius Rax's last thing. You can go on, continue, serve the empire. Nah, she's going to do it for herself and maybe go form a new empire in her, in her vision, so to speak, to, to, to roughly kind of summarize the story. How does that person run up against the shadows of the old empire and the shadows of the old Palpatine? And how she decides, no, I'm definitely not doing this. And she fight against that. And that's part of why she's out. Part of why she's not there. And you could really keep build on what I think are some of the themes in that character. Now it even is more intriguing to me than just before. It's like, great character, give me more. Now I'm like, no, this could be powerful. Yeah, no, you are you are uh, pitching some great ideas. And, and for me, it goes back to a little bit of what we're talking about. Is Ray Sloan is intriguing by herself as a character, her journey through the Empire. But through through this character who we left off in such an interesting place. Talk about a great way to explore an era, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. that we don't know in a perspective we haven't seen before of how do I remake the empire in this new place? And now I realize the empire isn't what I thought it was, but now there are all these factions pushing and pulling, man, that could be a really great show. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there, a lot there. So yeah. Race long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of sliding around in eras but uh worth shouting out uh, i think for me you know ahsoka ezra sabine would be on this list if it didn't sure. if i didn't feel like it, you, you, that's yeah. taken care of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's a coming uh a lot of characters from mandalorian because it's doing such a great job of doing kind of tip of the iceberg storytelling like um i oh, would yeah. love to see more of quill uh, you know quill's story of how he you know got out of servitude with these hands like that yeah. would be a fascinating story um Frog Lady. I'd be happy to see more Frog Lady. Uh, oh, yeah. Just a a great uh, design, a great combination of, uh, to me, uh, what I sometimes talk about in Star Wars, having these extremes of everything from the absurd to the profound. That, like, yeah, like the character's name as we know it is Frog Lady. She's a <laughs> giant frog who, you know, uh, hops when she needs to. It's It's silly on one level. She's a frog. But everything that was told with that character was told with such humanity and such depth and such importance that that makes it a really fascinating character to me. Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Final one for me from this era is one that uh, that comes up often uh, because of the great role that the character played in a video game, and that is Shriv. I'd be happy to see more of Shriv. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know, and, uh, God, yeah, Shriv and I in Versio. God, I can't believe you forgot those. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Great pull. Yeah. Yeah, there's just there's it, it's easy to, to lose track. And I know we're going to finish this recording. And I'm going to go, oh, wow, here are the 10 <laughs> people I forgot to mention, because uh, that's that's the gift of this kind of storytelling where, you know, yeah. you need a character for a video game like great. But now they're around floating and they've got such a great uh, perspective, such a great voice like Shriv does the uh, kind hearted, sarcastic uncle who does what needs to be done, but has a joke about it. Ah, oh, man. Oh, great. Uh, finally, the sequel trilogy era <laughs> um yeah so i think uh i think a lot of people uh and i know from questions we get from fans are their answer to who do you want to see from the sequel trilogy era is all of the main characters um yeah. and we've talked about that a little bit too uh, i think my ongoing perspective is 
yeah, there's a part of me is like a Ray ignites that golden lightsaber. And I just like, all I want is the next Ray story. But I also just want to take a deep breath and have patience and let those stories be told when it makes sense uh, for all the creators involved to tell them. So while I'm hungry for more stories for everybody and be happy if they were announced, I also uh, want to have some patience. How do you feel about the main characters in the sequel trilogy era? Yeah, no, I, I love more, love to find ways to do it. It's like, do I also want a new, never before heard Beatles record? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think, yeah, patience and time and, and new eras and, and all those kind of things. And so I didn't even, I didn't even factor them into uh, my list. And I, just like you, they're there. They're in the hall of fame of wants. <laughs> yeah. And I think eventually someday there will be more storytelling. Uh, all right. So putting aside the main cast, who are you excited to see more of from the sequel trilogy era? Yeah. What's funny. Um, three come to mind. Uh, we did get a little bit more of her, but Zori bliss, mm. uh, you know, I'm intrigued by what's going on there in Kajimi, um, past or, or present, uh, or forward could work for me. Uh, a smaller character from the comics pops up in the novels every now and then Leia's, uh, uh, well, for not always a friend, uh, uh, Evan Verlaine, the Y-Wing pilot that was at uh, the uh, Battle of Yavin and uh, goes on to appear in the first Bet Leia comic series back in like 2014-2015 range, uh, pops up from Alderaan. So um, that's a character I'd love to actually see, see oh, real yeah. life. Um, could fit into a, a Mando, Ahsoka, you know, whatever else gets tossed in that era. So she's there for me as well. And the other one uh, is, is Holdo, Amelin Holdo. Um, knowing we got to do it. There's a little tease and there's like that Poe age of the Republic one shot where she's in that story. Um, and as, as she's off, you know, going from where she, we know where she meets Leia. We know where she, she ends up and where she, her sacrifice. There's a lot of storytelling between that, those two points that I just would love to get to know Holdo more. Yeah, absolutely. Young Holdo's adventures uh, during the yep. Galactic Civil War. Yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's like such a rich period. That would be really yep. great. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I think for me, this one is just Phasma. <laughs> yeah, great um, I know a lot of people are like, what? Like, like we said, like she, she appeared to be in deep trouble getting off the Starkiller base in Force Awakens. Then she fell very far uh, with the Shattered Helmet. <laughs> <laughs> into fire on a ship that was partially breaking apart. Didn't look good for Phasma. I understand. I understand why she wasn't uh, in uh, Rise of Skywalker. But I think that character is so compelling in terms of what we've described on screen of characters that you don't get to spend a lot of time with, but just their presence, their aesthetic is fascinating. And then you go to that great Phasma book and you learn that she's got this really different perspective on the entire galaxy coming from this planet that had lost its technology and was isolated and and she grew to be a warrior and survive at all costs. And, you know, what is happening with a character like that who managed to survive at all costs, but is maybe doesn't believe the first order is strong anymore and goes on her own way. That's a fascinating story to me. Yeah. Look, and, 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 um, Delilah S. Dawson writes that book, and Delilah S. Dawson also gave us uh, Vi Marathi as a character we, uh, we'd love to see pop up more than yes. just theme park, uh, though that's fun as well, too. Um, it, it comes back and tells some great additional storytelling with uh, uh, Cardinal. So, yeah, yeah, imagine a Phasma in a new new Republic era. <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to, like, not to say that she's just hiding out, but just, like, yeah, there's, yeah, I know what you mean. There's something there. 
Yeah, I just kind of feel like, you know, if it is uh, someday we do get those stories in whatever way and whatever year it comes along, the stories of the new, new republic or whatever it is, and that uh, a villain still causing a problem is old Phasma. I would love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Any other for you from the sequel era? Uh, No, for now. I mean, you know, there's always... There's always a corner where some character with the story we want to hear. I, I mentioned Sedan Athano up top. Mm. Hey, how does he how does he go from Maz's castle to helping the resistance uh, uh, at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker? Like, I'm I'm excited for him. He made some kind of choice. I love it. Love to get a little bit more. Yeah. Cool what happened to poor Qui-Gold? Is he just on the ship? What's going yeah, on? <laughs> right. And I know we got a little bit of Sedan and uh, resistance. I know that as well. But just uh, in the animated series. But yeah, he's just it's a classic case of. Look at that design. I want more of that. He he is one of the best, just looks super cool from the sequel trilogy era for sure. All right, Ken, here is my final question from our big look on characters that we want to see more of. And that is, what is a very, very minor character that you'd like to see more of from any era, any time, any uh, screen, any book, any anything? Who's a minor character? All right, I'm, I'm going to cheat. I've got two answers, three people. Um, the first <laughs> one from, the, from Return of the Jedi. And I... I I don't want this to be like a tag and bink type of thing that I could seek it have overtones. But the two royal guards who are there with Palpatine, gods, leave us, those guys. Mentioned them before. I'm intrigued by that. Part I think this popped my brain because uh, Grace and I are rewatching Veep, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. And especially in the season one, there's a plot point where a Secret Service guard laughs twice at something uh, Selena Meyer says. So she has him removed from the post, which causes a problem. <laughs> so I'm like, you know those guards are hearing stuff. Like, what's the story there? You know, I don't, do I need a movie? No, I need a five hour uh, documentary on what are they? Who are they? Why were they chosen? What did they hear? Uh, there's a lot of guards in Star Wars who hear things. I just, there are in real life, but I'm just like, I, I just couldn't help but laugh watching Veep as, as, as the vice president or team are running around the, the, the White House and the halls of Congress and the Senate. And there's five Secret Service people around them, you know, <laughs> who hear this stuff and have to think about it somehow, some way. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That is great. They hear all the weird things the Imperial dignitaries say and write down in their diaries. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the other one, the other one is uh, I'm titling this one. It could be a short film. It could be a, a French art house piece. It's called uh, the sins and redemption of Elon Sleazebagano. <laughs> yes. Uh, what happens when he does uh, rethink his life? There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, I got just a couple. Uh, similar vein to your uh, discussion of the Imperial Guards. Uh, I want the uh, horrible realizations of Sweet Concord Kill. Uh, Sweet Concord Kill is uh, a, a senator uh, who was opposed, allegedly, to some of Palpatine's uh, actions, uh, but was in the opera box. He's one of the people... <laughs> <laughs> that right. Palpatine says, leave us. <laughs> right. Everybody else there is in Palpatine's pocket. You got Slymore and Masamita. And then like this poor senator going like, why am I here? What's going on? <laughs> Does he know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to hear more of that story. Um, I would be mad at myself if I did not mention uh, Lulilo Primak. Uh, yeah. I love that detail that he used to put on a uh, suit and perform in hollows. <laughs> not just a singer he was an actor back in the golden day and i want to see that love that 
uh, it mentioned Opeepit, uh, one of the MVPs from Star Wars Resistance. But here's my big one. I'm going all the way back to the very first film, Ken. Of mm. How could there be more to say about this character? And, well, I want there to be more said about Wu Hair. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, clearly, Wu Hair had it with the cantina. Or he had a day off. We don't know. But I really want to know, like, if if that was the day that broke Wu hair of like, <laughs> all right, if the if if the lightsaber's coming back out, uh, then I'm done. I, you know, in the span of five minutes, I got a dead Rodian. <laughs> I got <laughs> limbs. I'm mopping up. No, no, I'm done. Uh, this story will be called What's Next for Wu hair? <laughs> I love this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if and if he's hearing rumors that Chalman's gonna start allowing droids to even work here, like he can't have that. No, yeah, no, he's no. out. He's out. I'm out, says Wu Hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On to other glories. Uh what they are, we don't know. Uh we will let the creators follow their bliss, right? <laughs> so this this begins with he's packing his bags and Akmena walks in and he's like, Can you cover me tomorrow? <laughs> I'm out. Oh, say good night, friend. Say good night, Wu Hair. <laughs> so that is our big look at uh, characters that we want to see more of. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Hey, if you want more of us, hey, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. Uh, you can go to my website, catnapsack.com, for more information on uh, me and my adventures or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at catnapsack and for joseph you can do these things yeah that's right you can find me on twitter instagram tiktok is at joseph scrimshaw all the same handle and for all my different comedy adventures you can check out my website josephscrimshaw.com but for now for myself for ken for all of the great star wars characters who might return somehow this has been force center